Greetings and welcome to Qualified Nonsense. Here at Qualified Nonsense, we tackle the grueling questions that you send in with our charming and sound advice. Zwiebelkuchen or soup al onion? Repas or chiosu? And gelato or ice cream? Stick around to find out our thoughts on these questions and more. I'm Jake. I'm Brandon. And I'm Mateo. And this is Qualified Nonsense. Qualified Nonsense was created by childhood best friends that didn't want to lose their long-lasting friendship. So we decided to create a podcast doing what we do best, giving you our quote-unquote professional advice on real-world problems and curiosities. In all reality, we hope to connect with you, the listener, and deepen our friendship all around. So let's get to it. I shouldn't have to press one for English on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Leave leave that in. Leave that in. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of xenophobia to get us started off. On our 100th episode. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> On our 100 episode spectacular. No. Um, free car giveaway. No, no, no. We're not. We don't. We don't have that. Kind of Listen thing. to the end to win a prize. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, welcome back, listeners. <laughs> Why don't we get to know the hosts a little bit better with a oh. fun fact? Jake, do you have a little fun fact about yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll call it fun. The, um, so I was, I was homeschooled in middle school, which is <laughs> a, a, uh, <laughs> rude. Um, a, uh, a tough time to be homeschooled. Uh, good for my education, not so good for my social development, but good for my emotional development, perhaps, because I heard that middle school was grueling. But, um, I, the, the fun fact coming out of that is, um, that uh i had like a like a tragically shy bladder in uh, the beginning part of high school so much so that i would (laughs) so that so much so that i wouldn't go to the bathroom all day long which was like really probably super unhealthy but in part i would like to uh blame the gentleman in this uh call because what we did in high school was on occasion we would come up behind each other at the urinal and pull the backpack or our shoulders away so that (laughs) so that piss would go everywhere and like honestly like i would be all by myself in the bathroom and i would think that one of you idiots are behind me and i wouldn't be able to pee so that was a that was um, a fun. I forgot. Uh, my... I forgot that that was a thing. Thank you, Jansport. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Jansport, yeah, for creating the hooks on the backpacks. <laughs> the hook, exactly. What, what else so now, like, for? if you're in a public restroom and you like hear footsteps come in, do you like break out the sweat? And honestly, honestly, I I used to. It wasn't till relatively honestly, probably. I mean, kids helped a lot with that because they just bust in whenever they want, wherever they want, and um. But no, I mean, it was, it was like pretty close after, um, maybe it was before the end of high school, but I certainly like, uh, at, at towards the end of high school, I sort of felt better about like peeing in, in sort of public restrooms, but, <laughs> oh, because you couldn't even go into a stall because, um, you would, uh, they, um, they had... we would wet, oh, they, um, uh, they removed they the, doors. the doors off. Yeah, it was after like school shootings. They took the doors off. Oh, what? Yeah, they did? <laughs> yeah. And I remember that. Yeah, they took the doors off the stalls. And that's why I never took a shit. So I guess I had a shy colon. 
Brandon, what do you got for us? Uh, my fun fact is the best concert I have ever been to was Dolly Parton in 2017. I saw her in Spokane, Washington, and that was the best concert I've ever been to. Did she wink at you? Right. Did she call you darling? <laughs> no, but she did. Uh, she was performing for... Uh, she performed straight for like two hours without taking a break. That's and wild. how old is she? Uh, she was, uh, I think she's in her mid seventies now, but she's um, an yeah, so. she's really talented. She was funny. She was telling stories. She was, um, you know, making or maybe this was in 2016. Cause she made like election time jokes, but like, non-political enough to not piss off her audience but she was like you know people always say i should run for president but i think there's enough boobs in washington you know like stuff like that like yeah nice <laughs> nice good old old-fashioned benign <laughs> like fuck everybody in a nice way yeah nice. she's 76 by the way or as brandon says her prime <laughs> <laughs> uh my fun fact Matt? is uh, <laughs> yeah uh let's see so we kind of like so we all we all grew up in a small redneck mountain town um and winter sports are very common out in in sandy oregon but as of even today i have yet to be snowboarding i've never snowboarded in my life get the fuck out of here but you skateboard yeah i just (laughs) never did it never got i mean you've never shredded the gnar I, ne- I never got the yeah. never that never got pow the, pow never got the pow pow um i i've never skied or snowboarded the first time i went skiing actually was with you jake and that was one of the worst experiences of my life uh because i knew it was going to happen and you're like let's go skiing and it was when we first moved into portland was the first time i actually went up on a ski lift and oh. i knew it was going to happen i was like hey if i go up with you i need you to stay with me you got to show me how to do this treat me like i've never and he's like okay no 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 it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine but i knew I, down. I exactly we get to we get to the top and i said jake you can't go up and be like all right here's what you do you go you go and you crisscross and you go and you all right see at the bottom i was like you're like no 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 i won't do that i won't do that and we're riding this ski lift up and i could see the stoke coming up in your eyes it's like god damn it so we get off and he's like, all right, here's what you do. You crisscross, you go, I'll see you at the bottom. And <laughs> I make two oh, runs. Man. The first one I spend mostly coming down like a, a dog spread eagle, just coming down on all fours. Yeah. Second run, same thing. And it was like really icy. It wasn't even good yeah. powder. So yeah. I just say, fuck this. And I wound up sleeping in your car. I was like, you guys go have fun. I just <laughs> oh, took a nap. Man. That, that disappointed. So I don't, I don't remember that admittedly. I, um, but that totally checks out. We've talked about it a couple of times. Like we've had questions about like regrets and stuff. And like there are there are elements of my past that I reflect on with a semi regularity that I'm just like um, and I'm, I'm sure everybody goes through this to a degree. But um, reflecting on um, the sort of self-centeredness of my previous self like i i think about that regularly i i think i've done a a number of people um unkindnesses and it's nice that you're still friends with me matthew um but i i, I mean i, I would like do I, the same thing i don't blame you yeah, for it it's like I, it's like I mean, telling I, somebody yeah, like but 
here's a, here's a cookie. Only take a bite of it. You know, it's like who does that? Right. But it, but but what you you know we always we always like to think of ourselves as like the good guys or the heroes or the not not the good guys or the heroes, but like the like you're gonna do the decent thing. And like if you're going up with someone who's never been skiing before, like me now, I would. I, and maybe you know like kids help with that like understanding um the importance of patience and the importance of taking one's time but in in our youth like when we're you know if i want to like the need for speed sort of thing like whatever i mean i'm sorry about that and i would like to go skiing with you again and i would and i would go really slow with you that sounds really (laughs) i'm sorry i'm an asshole just take it did you go to like the bunny slopes or we didn't we just sent straight up do like a a black diamond yeah (laughs) I, I was guess like, nut, nut up or shut up, Matt. The back, the backstory <laughs> to that is the only other time I had gone skiing was with my dad, and my dad uh, actually worked at Timberline back in the day and was like ski patrol apparently. Uh, so he's very good, and he took us up when we were kids, and we did the bunny slope. And I don't know who in their right mind thinks it's a good idea to give like a seven-year-old ski sticks or whatever they're called. Mm. And they're teaching you and we go down a bunny slide and he just is yelling at me like, do the French fries, do the French fries. And my seven year old mind is like, I have no idea what the fuck the French fries are. Like, what is a French fry? And I make it to the bottom and I swack this guy like right in the face with my stick who's waiting to get towed back up. (laughs) Sweet. That's my like, that's my one experience. And like, it's just ruined. The minute you get up there, it's just ruined. It's like, thank God we live so close because we always like quiet car ride home and my dad was all pissed off at me and himself, I imagine, but yeah. I would have been the same thing. I was like, man, I thought my kid would just know how to do this. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, so that's actually something that we haven't mentioned yet, but like we didn't go up skiing very much, but like skiing is no uh, cheap endeavor, like especially if you didn't have your own gear, which getting your own gear is an expensive uh, feat in itself, but like lift tickets aren't nothing like they're expensive and they've well, that, I mean, incredibly. Yeah, looking back on it, I should have been more appreciative because we grew up a paycheck to paycheck family. And like, I know my parents probably leveraged themselves to have that one experience and it just right. ended so fucking poorly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks, mom. Love you. Thanks, dad. Love you. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I have a feeling we're going to get a chance to talk about parenting a little bit more in our next segment. But for now, why don't we take a quick little break? Welcome back. If you'd like your question, comment, or erotic fiction possibly read on the show, drop us a line at qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or write to us on our socials. Our first question comes from Grant. Grant writes, uh, this is a two-parter. One, what's the worst advice you have ever gotten when expecting your first child? And two, What's the best advice you have ever received about preparing for your first child? Love you guys. Enjoy hearing the nonsense. Thanks, Grant. Oh, Grant. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> we actually, yeah. And congratulations a... on, it sounds like maybe your first child. Mm, yeah. Or, or incoming. Good luck. Grant's a, Grant's a friend of show. We actually went to high school with Grant. So we Did actually know, know, we know, we know that he is expecting his first child. So congratulations to you. Um, let's see. Brandon. Why don't you lead off with this? <laughs> yeah, the best advice I've ever gotten from my first child. <laughs> I don't know. That was so long ago. I, I, I lost count after seven, oh I think. But, um, 
Uh, well, I don't know I mean, how much uh, help I'm going to be with uh, <laughs> how, how qualified my nonsense is going to be on this one. So I think I might let you, you might be uh, you might be the latter of the two. I yield my time. <laughs> I think I don't know. I think the I think the I yield to the floor. This is a tough one because I think the best and worst advice I got was the same thing of like, and I it's so cliche and I hated it. Like, don't blink because they're going to grow up. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thanks. Like, that's not really advice. But like, looking back on it, now I have a three and a seven year old, and that mm-hmm. it's true. They do they do grow up, but like, there's periods of time between then when it's like super frustrating, and it's like it simultaneously feels like, God, when is this kid ever going to grow up? And it's usually around milestones, like, God, when is this kid going to learn how to put its socks on by himself? Or when is, when are you going to learn how to wipe your own ass? And then tomorrow, it's like, well, okay, you're off to you're off to actual school. See you later. So I I don't know. This is a, it's a tough one to like narrow it down, but so that's... yeah, I I agree um, wholeheartedly with um, with Matt's assessment. Um, I'll say let's just I'm going to start with the worst. Um, and you know following that same train of thought um you've got the the mindset of like oh cherish these moments and um you know try to remember them always and that's really easy to say (laughs) but but it's important on a sort of mental health note to to recognize that not everything in life and and grant you know this we know this here like not everything. It's not black and white like that. It's not good. It's not like very few things are wholeheartedly good or wholeheartedly bad. Like it's, it's gray and, and it's important to remember that. And it's important to remember that, um, that that's a, that's like, that's okay. Um, the, I'm trying to think of like a specific worst bit of advice, but, um, I can give um, you a, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I could give you a piece of advice that I wish I would have gotten uh, that I should have taken note of after the first, because we have two, um, is is small things of remembering milestones or unique things about your child. So for example, uh, my oldest used to call her pacifier a wafu. And we were looking back on our youngest and I was like, man, I forgot. We forgot what you called it. And I like, I would like to remember that kind of stuff. So if there's like little quirks or things that your child did, I would like document them, keep them somewhere. It's like, Hey, remember when you called a pacifier, a wafu, or remember when you couldn't call me dada, but you called me whatever. Those, those are the things I wish uh, we would have like actually documented with, with our kids versus trying to just have it be muscle memory. So big time. And actually that's, that's, I'm going to piggyback on that. There is a um, company that sells a book called, uh, let's see, Chronicle Books. Um, It's called One Line a Day. I have one here. I'm shit at journaling and I wish I was better. Anna's really good at it. And basically there's enough space for each day to write one, maybe two sentences about the day. And I would recommend getting it. And basically it's, it's over the course of five years, it's a five-year memory book. You've got, um, it's like a, it's like a journal or rather it's like a, um, a calendar. And, um, the way it's set up is that every day you, you write one or two sentences from the day and with kids, they generate a lot of good stuff, like good memories that you can write down. Um, 
or like little catchphrases like what Matt was just saying. And what's fun is that if you keep if you keep it up every day you get back or rather every year you get back to that particular day, you can read the above line and be like, oh, last year on this day, this happened. And it can sort of you can either not remember it or you can it can like tickle your memory bank to be like, oh, that's right. That was hilarious. And it's a it's a good way to do that. I wish I was better at journaling uh, so that I would have kept up with mine. And now I'm re-inspired to do so because I, you know, I, I'm the same. I, we have two kids and, um, they're three and six and, um, there's things that I, that I absolutely wish I remembered. I know there's things, I know there's, there's like little quirks and little phrases that are missing in the, in the, uh, you know, recesses of my brain, but, but that are, that, that have that have uh, filled my heart with love and admiration and stuff like that, and um, to remember that stuff by way of journal is, is a, I think that's a great a great idea. So I would check it out. It's called One Line a Day. It's a five year memory book, um, but check it out because it might be something useful to have. Brandon, even though you don't have kids, uh, and this is not to like I guess try to make a slight at your parents, but what is one thing that you wish you would have like potentially had with your parents that you didn't. Is there anything you look back and? Uh, no, I, I think, uh, my parents did a good job of raising me and I, I don't, I, I, I don't feel like we like went without, I, I do, um, Matt, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, your, your family, um, kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And I, I do think, you know, there were, you know, certainly lean times and things with my family. And, but I, I never felt like, um, I never felt anything lacking from them. So I, I, I don't, I, I know, yeah. well, I, I, I don't have any, uh, parenting advice for my parents. So <laughs> it is, it is like an honest concern of, of mine that I have is, you know, growing up from, a a family that was, so incredibly loving and sure I, I grew up and I do different things than they'd probably want me to do now be i.e being like you know relatively religious um but I grew up in such an incredibly loving family that I look back on it now and at times it was super frustrating of like god why can't I have those new shoes or god why can't you afford to just buy me a car or why can't you afford to blah 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 but looking back on it now it's like super character building um and i i look at my own family and often wonder like am i spoiling my kids by them saying oh i want a squishmallow okay we'll just get you a squishmallow you know and it's like is that really mm -hmm. important or should should i be focusing more on like the time aspect and what's that learning oh it's you don't know <laughs> no i i don't know either <laughs> squishmallows squishmallows are uh they're they're like plushy toys I'll send you guys a picture um, since our audience can't see them or we'll put them up in our socials uh, after this episode releases. They're a I saw a sign like I, I saw like a reader board sign at a Walgreens the other day. It said like we have Squishmallows in stock and I didn't. Yeah. So they're <laughs> so they're like they're like super round, very fluffy, super soft plushies that are like super squishy and Squishmallow. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. were recently acquired by Disney um, and now mm -hmm. they're absolutely everywhere and they range in size and they range in themes like you could have one that's an octopus and you could i literally passed by one at fred meyers it was a bowl of guacamole and a chip sticking out sticking out of it there's like no rhyme or reason they have 
unlimited amounts varieties but uh, of course the kids love them so um, um uh, unfortunately i googled it and uh the the oh sorry the the life-size ones that are for sale um have people in bikinis next to them <laughs> so i have questions about that's how you uh, get your yeah, dad to buy you one i guess so yeah i'll buy this for you hey dad look um, at squishmallows what the fuck is that oh got three showing up in the mail tomorrow um, no, they're I've basically got, got like a... plush Funko Pops or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Um, I've got uh, a bit of advice that I got um, that I now appreciate. I'm still battling it. I have a problem with leaving food on plates. Um, and my mom got advice from her mom, which was basically like you it's it's not your job to eat the rest of the food on the plates. I just, even when I'm not hungry, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to waste that. Like it's, it, we're not going to, it's not enough to like save um, and put it in the fridge, but for the kids, if they're not going to finish their food, that's okay. And, and it's okay that it goes into the garbage sometimes um, because I gained a lot of weight after having kids. Um, and um that's a bit of advice that I think is is worthwhile having. I'm not a pillar of virtue because literally tonight we had the first lesson in finish the food on your plate because I picked up our oldest from after school care and she was downing a Rice Krispie treat and she's she's a kid, right? Every mm-hmm. every kid loves to have a treat, but it's four o'clock and we have dinner around 530 and I was like, all right, if you're eating that now, you're eating the rest of your dinner. And I was like, yeah. tonight's the night we're going to draw the line in the sand. You're going to sit at that table and finish your food. Cause it, it drives me absolutely fucking bonkers that they have the hardest time eating dinner. Lunch. It's fine. Peanut butter and jelly, strawberries, yogurt, whatever yeah, yeah. dinner. I put effort into it. I come like my grandpa was a chef. I inherited all of his stuff. I've talked about it before. It's really mm-hmm. important to me to have meals at home and I enjoy cooking. And tonight there's just like, nope. You're sitting there and she, she sat there and at the same time, I'm like, oh man, I hope I'm not instilling like some eating disorder, Mm -hmm. but I, I had to do that as a kid and I, it taught me a, you know, a lesson. If it's on your plate, at least do your best to eat it, but like, don't throw a fit about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are, I, I have seen, um, publications about, um, uh, building, uh, negative relationships with food in that way. But like, I think that's perpetual. Like, I don't think it's like one off. Um, like it's like, like you're, I think, I think you're able to teach a lesson without, uh, instilling like uh, permanent damage <laughs> or one would, one would hope. Um, but we do that, you know, we do that a bit. Uh, too. Well, no, because like the night before I made these fun little things, thank TikTok, but they're called taco pinwheels and it's everything in it. It's just rolled up in a puff pastry. It's a taco rolled up in a uh-huh. puff pastry and you cut it and you bake them or whatever. And she ate like three of them. It's like, okay, so just because I made chicken and Brussels sprouts, I guess I should put context to the dinner, but they're Brussels sprouts cooked in bacon fat, but she mm. ate, she, and she ate all of those, but she wouldn't eat the chicken that had cheese inside of it. It's from Costco too. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is, this is everything you should like. Anyway, I digress. Kids, they'll drive you absolutely bonkers when it comes to their eating habits. Grant, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on that, I note, guess the uh, best advice I can give is support them or abort them. That's uh, oh my god, my motto. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you, Brandon, <laughs> for, for that. Really that's putting good. That's good. really putting that qualified in there. <laughs> that's a good button, I think. That's you know, next question. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? No, uh, no, Grant. If you get a chance, don't have a baby in twenty six weeks. Like, if if that's an option to you. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't have oh oh yeah matt's got matt's got um were both of the girls early both of them are preemies yeah Tr- try not to have a baby that was born dead <laughs> oh know? my god matt uh <laughs> actually te- te- techni- technically she wasn't uh technically she i guess she wasn't dead karen and i yeah uh we our our second born was very premature and born without uh, 70% of her blood. And we spent a month in the NICU to make a long story short, but Jake, you spent two months in the NICU. So uh, you understand yeah. the pain. Um, it, it just, just that's, no, that's not the sort of thing that you want to compete over. Like don't try to do more than two months or don't try to do a month. Like that's like, it's not a big dick contest for that, for that. Uh, yeah. Get also, better that's get not bigger really, medical uh, bills than us. <laughs> I would say that's not really something like you can advise against. No, or, I'm kidding. You know, no, like... you're right. I, that was supposed to be sort of a, tongue in cheek but yeah just know that if you have a happy healthy baby you're you're well on your way and we hope you do and let us know yeah let us know good luck send us a picture best wishes for you and your your little family (laughs) yeah thanks for writing in grant our next question comes from anonymous Anonymous writes, hello, I'm a server at a restaurant. I feel like mm. since we've decided that the pandemic is over, all manners have gone out the window. An informal survey of my coworkers, co-workers confirms that people's behavior is much worse now than it used to be. You all seem like decent individuals. What tips, emphasis on the word tips, do you have about restaurant etiquette for those who may be re-entering society? Many thanks. Oh, I have not yet re-entered society with regard to <laughs> uh, restaurants. That that's not true. I've been at a couple places, um, but uh, that's that's curious. Um, I'm I'm interested in that. I used to work in the food industry, and it's it was tough before the pandemic. So um, that's an interesting take. Um, well, from a I server's will... perspective, what uh, what advice would you have for people? to be as best of patrons that they can be. I mean, yeah, I, I would, anybody in a, in a service role, um, uh, that are wearing masks still, and you don't agree with it, like cut them break. Like you, you get to see just them and they get to see, uh, or they rather have to see a bunch of people. And, um, you might be a nice, uh, um, you know, uh, thoughtful about, about how you spread germs or how you treat people, but they, they get to see all kinds of society and, uh, just keep that in mind, cut them, uh, cut them a little bit of slack, uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, that, that, that's my advice and, and tip, you know, always tip like, I don't know. I, I, I always tip 20% unless, um, yeah, I always tip twenty percent. I've never had bad enough service that I didn't tip twenty percent. Um, 
I'd agree with that. I would say always tip at least 20%. I mean, if service is bad, still tip at least 15. But um Yeah, and all, and also like like it depends on you know s- service being bad as a general term can it, it can mean a lot of things. Like if your food is late, it's not necessarily the server's fault. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and the line cooks who may be behind um, or for, the establishment that is understaffed right that is right. understaffed There's, currently the question i mean it's it's specifically towards the pandemic and i can answer this because i did work in the craft beer industry before, oh sure yeah let's hear your yeah. before but during and then slightly after um you know i was launching two companies at the time and i left the craft beer industry at december 19th of, tw- of 2019 and then i'd had a friend reach out in the town that i live in who was managing and uh, running a tap a tap room that's connected to a restaurant and they wanted me to come out. And so I did, and I was with them before the pandemic. The, the prep, the preface to this is that it's in uh, a relatively red city. So when the mask mandate came out and everything, uh, it was very infuriating to the area that I live in, not just to the business owners, but to the patrons. Um, and I was on the receiving end of of so many times of like, not only are you now trying to do your job, the business is trying to keep its doors open. The business is understaffed because unemployment was relatively free for anybody that was in a job that said they were out of a job. Um, and you had patrons coming out that felt like they deserved the world. And not only did you have to do your job, you had to police people on mask mandates. So you had to be a bearer of bad news on a lot of fronts. Um, like for example, I had to go out and tell somebody, Hey, just so you know, when you're walking around, we're trying to keep our doors open. Liquor control could come in at any time. We could get shut down. We could get fined. We could do this. You have to have your mask on. And, uh, this individual said, fine, but you don't have to be a little bitch about it. To which I turned around and said, what was that? And he's like, you heard me. I was like, all right, sweet. Well, now you get to leave. So, it was a pretty empowering moment, but it's also like that's the kind of stuff that, you know, those in the service industry were dealing with at the time. So not only were we not being tipped, we were working incredibly long hours, questionable hours. We were having to police, which was just a mess within and of itself. So if you're going to. That's if you're the gonna... thing about the mass mandates that I did find to be the shittiest is that the policing part fell on the staff of individual businesses which i think was a mistake i i think it led to a lot of you saw a ton of videos and th- confrontations and it put those people i think in danger and in a bad mm-hmm. position but absolutely yeah. and i've always maintained you know if you want to have a, a theory about tipping have all the theories you want You're like oh they don't tip in europe okay that's cool we're not europe they also have a completely different established set of rules and payroll and uh you know the the structure over there is completely different if you can't afford to tip you don't have the money to go out yeah. and the same I, same I same, same rules apply if, if you can't tip that's the way this country works we tip over here on the service if you can't afford to tip then you can't afford to go out stay inside and do it yourself yeah i mean tipping is if what you know however you feel about it it is part of our society and if you want to participate in this part of society where tipping is involved you have to tip it's <laughs> and and keep in mind that a lot of staff uh or a lot of the time the tips aren't just 
for the servers they are kind of pooled among the staff generally right you, you oftentimes have to tip out to the bar you have to tip out to the runner if there's a runner um or the plating you know whoever's plating running like, yeah, it's you it's have to tip out to bus bus people depending on the size of your establishment so there's a, there's a lot of um business like each business is different and 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 at the end of the day like yeah if, if you are if you do have the luxury to go out and uh, you have the ability to tip on the on the closer to twenty percent side. Like you're making someone's day. You're making you're you're helping out your your fellow people who aren't uh, working as flexible jobs as as you probably have to be able to do that on a regular basis. What I did on my till uh, when I came on shift is you can negotiate your tipping structure to be viewed by your patrons and. I nixed the 18% and made 20% the lowest. So if somebody didn't want to tip 20%, so you could do it, you could change it. You could change it to whatever percentage you want it to be, or you could change it to a dollar amount, which will be factored in. Um, and if somebody felt like they didn't deserve, if they do, if they didn't want to do 20% or higher, they could click no tip, but that's uh that's pretty telling on their part. And you'd be surprised how many people felt shame by uh, looking at that and walking away and clicking no tip. So, so it's like they were they they were like shameful. Application, right? All right. Yeah. The, 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 the point the, of sale. Yeah. So they were like kind they of were a, pretty... a little, <laughs> a little like perverted pleasure sort of thing. I I like is uh, looking over people's shoulders when they're tipping on like the iPad screens at restaurants or coffee shops or whatever, and just seeing what they're they're leaving. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, I would say a lot of people are not great tippers. But <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely the geriatric crowd—they're uh, the worst. They are the worst. Mm-hmm. The I, midday, I the midday lunch crowds. I have a follow-up question um, to Anonymous's question for drinks. How are so? I always remember. Um, I, I guess my, my folks, I got this from my folks maybe, but like you would drink uh, a dollar for a drink basically, as opposed to doing like the 20% of yeah. whatever the cost is. It was usually like, if you're, if you're going somewhere for a drink, it was a buck a drink basically. Yeah. Dollar per drink is standard. Is it, is that still, is that, mm-hmm. that's still a thing? Yeah. Even if they're making like a $15 drink or. I mean, yeah. Whatever. Again, that's kind of subjective. If if you're getting if you're getting awesome service, feel free to go above it, but not below a dollar. One I, mean, of the, I, I do say, feel like. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the best things actually about having the masks is your patrons couldn't like you. You actually got away with mumbling under your breath. So if somebody walked away, you'd be like, mm-hmm. "Thanks for the thanks for the tip, you fucking asshole!" And like, what'd you say? And you're like, "Oh, thanks for the tip. Uh, enjoy your casserole." You know. Enjoy your casserole. <laughs> also, you don't necessarily have to smile at them. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that was one of the best things is you could talk under your breath and like, yeah, it was, it was pretty gratifying. No, it's pretty gratifying to be like, oh yeah, what else are you going to have? Are you going to get a nice little water with your drink? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to order oh, it. Oh, yeah. Are you order waters with a bunch of like, yeah. I'm gonna order babies. forty dollars worth of food and uh, anything else. Nope, water. Yeah, kind of saw that coming. 
<laughs> I mean, kind of to that point, I would say also, uh, unless you're at a bar or coffee shop, you shouldn't be taking up space by hanging out at a table, you know, long after your meal's over. I think you should oh, eat that's, your food yeah, so beyond the and then get stuff. out of that's there. A, unless you want to like move it to the bar or whatever, if you want to hang out longer, you know, but it was popular during COVID, at least in our area to, you know, they typically put even at even at nice restaurants try not to stay past 90 minutes and that was enforced at several different places uh around here like hey time to move on you had your turn move on because every, i mean you don't have it was, to go home but <laughs> yeah well it was a lot of i mean our weather is so kind of meh that you couldn't and we couldn't do indoor for so long it was all outdoor seating and it's like all right seating's limited move on uh, another piece of advice i would give to people is if you are going to eat at a restaurant you should be aware that you're there to experience someone else's culinary point of view and i would say embrace that and don't act entitled to have your your expectations catered to it's not burger king uh (laughs) well and, and yeah, I mean, like a, a place may add things or have things on the menu or in your dish that you don't like. Basically, don't be overly picky. And if you are, uh, maybe you should stick to cooking for yourself. But I, I mean, I, I kind of like to view going out to eat as, OK, I'm going to this person's experience. Yeah, and, well, especially... I, I especially right now like supply chain is still an issue and inflation is currently an issue so you're dealing with things that they can get so again deal with it or or make it yourself at home yeah yeah i i have the luxury of um liking mostly all food i'm not going to be replacing anything but if you have like food allergies of course like definitely you know let people know about that but yeah don't 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 uh edit the items so much so that th- that it's a pain in the ass like that's just a come on come yeah on. don't be don't be that guy there's uh <laughs> our our media company does the all the social media management for this brewery and this brewery has chicken wings that they're relatively known for and several months ago uh you know chicken was at an all-time high and they raised their prices on their wings and it was, it did not go unnoticed. And there were a couple of comments that came through. They're like, this is outrageous. How dare they blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, it's one of those leave the comments alone because their attitude is speaking for themselves, but don't be that person. If you don't understand what's really going on right now, don't be a Yelper. Yeah, actually, that's a really interesting point. The people, um, I was having a conversation, um, earlier today, was it? Oh, today. Yeah. I, oh, I, I've got a picture here in behind me of uh, a cow that I used to have. Um, and, uh, I was getting, um, criticisms from my, my workmates being like, that's weird. Um, and I was describing how we ate that cow eventually. And, you know, they, they had a lot to say about that. Um, and I asked if anyone was vegetarian, no one was. So, um, the long story short, um, supply chains are, are something that we all are affected by and food comes from places and food 
is something that's a luxury for us in the United States for the most part. Um, you can go to the store and you can get mostly anything. Um, but yeah, prices fluctuate. Um, so, so deal with it. Like that sort of shit bothers me because it's just a fundamental misunderstanding or like a, um, a fundamental disconnect from our food in particular, but all of our resources. Like we just think that it's an Amazon like place where we can just click and buy anything at any time. And it's, and it's just like real life's not really like that. We um, are fortunate enough to be able to eat for pleasure. right right yeah there was there was a time i feel like we're talking about a lot of negative things that people shouldn't do but there's one like there's one positive that i do remember of the pandemic and it was like that brief moment of time where everybody was like yeah we're gonna stay inside and we're gonna get through this and it's gonna be like people were i even did it myself i drove through taco bell and i tipped the people working at the drive-thru because I like, you're going to work. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your service kind of thing. Like most yeah. viewed them as like militant, like, uh, and it, like that was, a, it was a really good feeling to go through. And there was always the, you know, I think we've all worked at some I don't know, fast food or, or another, like some yeah. relatively entry level position. And there's always, that always begs the questions like, well, and you always hear this from everybody. Well, you don't tip the people working at McDonald's. It's like, well, I did. And it felt good. You know, and they yeah. don't have a structure for it, but they are willing to take it because they understood at that time, hey, we're actually doing something good for people here. That was like, I, I, I really did appreciate that time because it felt like everybody was on the same level and it didn't last very long. <laughs> it's sort of like that that brief window after 9-11 where everybody got along. Exactly. Then- yeah. <laughs> And um, I was like, hey, uh, you're probably a terrorist. It lasted like it lasted a blink of an eye. You're like, oh, <laughs> damn it. You, How do we stay in this? You did kind of mention it briefly, Matt, but uh, and Jake, you, you touched on it. But I, I do think if you truly did have a bad experience, you should tell a member of the staff and not go to Google reviews or Yelp or uh, 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 TripAdvisor or any of those things. I think most restaurants do want to make things right. And sometimes they have an off night. And I I do feel like if you do post a bad review, especially of a small, like, you know, if you do it on a chain, like an Applebee's or whatever, they're not going to feel it as much. But if you, if it is a small business posting a bad review on an off night that they have can really hurt them. I can tell you with certainty, a restaurant will not answer you if you publicly post anything that's just simply trying to bash them. If you send them a direct message on Facebook or Instagram, if you send them an email, if you call the restaurant, if you do anything, I guarantee you they'll reach out and try to make it right. But if you try to publicly blast them, you are just making yourself looking like a fucking asshole, first of all. And then second Mm -hmm. of all, you're not doing any good. You're not helping out. You're just you, you just want your opinion heard. Which is fine, but don't expect anything out of it. I mean, have your two cents, but I'm just letting you know what's what a, a restaurant owner will do. They'll look at it and say, "Wow," and they'll either they'll either hide it because what you don't know is you can hide comments on Instagram and Facebook, which makes you feel like your comments still there, but <laughs> it's not. Or they'll delete it, or they won't answer you at all. So send them a message. Try to contact them directly. I will say asterisk unless you were like assaulted by the staff or like they were overly like overtly discriminatory towards you or something like that. But 
I think if you just, you know, didn't get your you, exactly chicken, yeah, or your, if, your burger if, if cooked how you wanted, like it's right. You know, if it's if, in some way, like yeah. structurally or like uh, um, managerially um, supported, like the, the whatever negative experience you had, and then you like talk to a manager and the manager was like, yeah, well, good. Fuck you. Then that's when you can take it to the Internet, I think. But aside from that, like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nice. I, I guess maybe we shouldn't have to. I never feel like I have to say exercise common sense, but apparently we do. If, you're, do if your French like... fries are warm, get over it. If somebody <laughs> tells you that, you know, you're, you're a piece of shit because you're whatever. Yeah, OK, take to the Internet. I do feel like just in general being out and about, I do feel like people are angrier now. I just Is had that... a friend that. Yeah, I had a friend that came back um they spent six weeks in uh, between Iceland and Paris and they came back and I was like, Hey, what's uh, you know, tell me about everything. And he's like, Oh man, it was so great. And he's like, I forgot how angry people and mean people are here. <laughs> Cause he's like, everybody in Paris was so nice. It's like, sure. Like there's a language barrier and it was, you could see that they were maybe a little frustrated, but at least they could tell I was trying to say the right thing. And he's like, and then you come back and everybody's just a dick. <laughs> I feel like people don't have patience anymore. There's no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it does seem like everybody is very narcissistic and me first and there's no understanding or I, I don't know. It, it Maybe we I need mean, another pandemic think, to bring us I together. Think, oh, right. Yeah. That's what we need. Another <laughs> pandemic that, that worked so well the first time. No, it's just, I mean, everything, uh, this is getting weird and political. It's on my side, but like, but, but it's, everything is so divisive. Who, who would have thought 10 years ago that it could be more divisive than it was 10 years ago. And today, I mean, it's, it is so like, you can't, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting some hot topic that is wildly divisive. And I think that's, that's what's contributing to, um, a lot of the negativity that we're seeing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and as it relates to this question about at like restaurant etiquette, <clears throat> I think it bleeds out into everything, it, even things as simple as going out to eat. Like Matt, you were saying how, how politicized mask wearing and policing in restaurants is or was, um, and frankly, it probably will be again because there's probably going to be some variant down the road that's going to kick our ass and we're going to have to do this all over again. And someone's going to have a, a you know, a, a, a campaign slogan about it. So like, well, there's no like collective reality anymore. Everybody has their own reality. And I think that stems from the media being super shitty. It, it used to be trustworthy, but uh, you know, when they say, Oh, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. But then nothing is fine. People are like, well, you're lying to me. So I'm going to go find my uh, own truth. And <laughs> so everybody, you know, whether that's Fox news, whether that's MSNBC, whether that's CNN, whether, you know, whatever, or mm-hmm. Reddit or the corners of Facebook, you know, people are finding their own sort of niches and developing their own realities and yeah. things there. So there's no, you know, but we, we were can't stuck inside ex- so long <laughs> that we had to. 
that the, anyway, that's really far off from restaurant etiquette. So also anyway, tip 20%. You better, you better tip. <laughs> <laughs> All of that to say, yeah. if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. Done. If you don't Boom. like it. Roasted. Get out. Exactly. Get out. Cause I tell you what, you're not, they're going to remember that your staff will remember that. Yep. So tip well, treat, be just be a normal person. With that, why don't we take a quick little <laughs> break and we'll quick. get to the lightning round. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the point in the episode where we do the lightning round questions. Three questions to each of us. We spend a minute or two, but sometimes probably more. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Jake. Jake. Hey, what's up? Who's your hero? Hmm, that's tough. Um, I, um, someone who I reflect on regularly as being, um, I, I learned a lot from a lot of good lessons from is my, um, my mom's dad, uh, Jim Shear. I called him Beepa. Um, and um i just got a lot of good lessons from him um i have a lot of great memories of both um both uh my my grandma and grandpa on that side um in particular because they had you know they they let us help them with projects that they had around their house and around their uh you know where pine hollow is in eastern oregon mm-hmm. um they had a place there and, and we got to work on projects with them. I learned a lot from them. Um, but, uh, but Beepa, I would say my, nice. my, my Beepa is, uh, is a good hero of mine. Nice. Brandon, who's your hero? Uh, well, this is probably going to be a more superficial answer than Jake's was, but uh, I would say the aforementioned Dolly Parton is, a hero of mine she's nice uh very uh, generous with her money she's um she has a dolly parton imagination library which donates like i forget how many books like it's like they've donated like a billion books to kids in need uh, like something like that um but she keeps that running because uh, her dad was illiterate and so she wants to make sure that kids are always able to read and so it's a program where if you're in need you can sign up and they'll send you like a book a month a children's book a month and oh nice she does that um she uh gave a bunch of money for the moderna vaccine um she's really charitable uh she's uh like employs her family at her park and in her business and stuff and she's really i don't know i think she's just an all-around nice a super lady awesome <laughs> have you ever been to dollywood i have not she is also super business savvy uh she has kept the rights to all of her music uh nice because because at uh uh there was at one point in the 70s where um colonel parker who was elvis's manager who if you watch the movie elvis he was played by uh tom hanks he's kind of a scrupulous guy yeah um he tried to bilk dolly out of the rights to her song i will always love you and have 
Elvis sing it and she refused to sell the rights to it. And then Whitney Houston recorded it and like Dolly Parton's still cashing checks from that recording. So nice. But anyway. it's all on the brains. Awesome. <laughs> Matt? What about you, Matthew? Um yeah, it's like uh my dad is my hero. Um you know, we we talked earlier in the episode about you know, our being a being a family that you know, lived within our means and stuff, but looking back on it and being a father myself now, it's like uh you know, my my dad was the primary breadwinner cuz my mom had um my mom had the had a phrase that while well, you kids are in school I want to make myself available to you so my mom only worked part time um and and you know at the time I as a kid I was super frustrated that every time I came home my mom was home I was like just give me my space but looking back on it you know my mom and my dad both sacrificed a lot and one specific thing that resonates with me is I played flag football and I was not good at it I was not built like a football player uh I wanted to make my dad proud. So I played several years in a row and my dad made time to coach, even though he busted his ass outdoors. He had a very outdoor, um, he worked for Reynolds school district as the, uh, the head's groundskeeper. So he would come from, you know, Troutdale where it was cold and rainy and his bones were chilled and he still made time to coach my football team. And, Again, there were several times where I was like, God, I wish my parents would just give me some space, but they wanted so badly to just be a part of my life and that, uh, my dad. That's a good one. I like that. That talking about coaching reminds me, uh, yeah, my, my dad also was a laborer, um, for, you know, his entire career and he, he coached uh, little league and, um, and assistant coached and coached and, yeah, I mean it, it is it is fun to think about um the level of sacrifice that our parents and grandparents have given to to make sort of time for us and time for them to have with us and as a parent now um you know the boys are getting to an age that 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 will start happening for them and I hope you know by example of my folks um yeah I hope I I hope I can show up in a heroic manner for them like my folks and my grandparents did. I feel bad now. I should have like said my dad or my grandparents or something. Hey, no, it's I'm going to lean into it and say like a fictional character. Like Batman is my hero. Jesus Christ (laughs) is my (laughs) hero. Well, this next one we can have more fun with. Uh, I'm assuming this. uh... Brandon, what's your favorite body part? Um, uh, wrong answers only (laughs) (laughs) favorite body part of mine or favorite body part on other people. That's up to you. It's what is your favorite body part? I'm uncomfortable. You, you, you choose your own adventure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) this isn't the Halloween episode. (laughs) That was a lecherous laugh. Um, Please say your mustache. <laughs> that's my favorite. But that's, that's mine. Don't take mine. Free rides. Um, <laughs> it's favorite, not best. 
Um, you know, when I think of all the body parts <laughs> and I stall for time, uh, go on, go on. Well, uh, you've got the head, uh, of course. And then within the head, you have, um, Oh, you're going to list them. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll just say stop when you get to the one that. <laughs> Can you be more specific with head? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I I don't know. I is it my favorite body part? Like I like looking at this on another person, or I like this about my own body? Or oh, oh god. Okay. Well, let's go with your own body part. What's your favorite body part on yourself? Since you have to be so specific. This is more like a. Do you see that storm uh, rolling in from way way <laughs> off? Not so much a lightning round. I like eyebrows because of how expressive they are. There you go. Was that so? <laughs> As he raises uh, his too, eyebrows. Over. Yeah, it's too bad. This is he gave a... us a Mr. Potato Head right there. Um, the uh, eyebrows are great because they're um, they're so weird. Like if you just look at like focus on eyebrows just as a thing, there's just like a patch of hair in the middle of your face. Very strange. And then like, what if function do they them, serve? Well, supposedly they protect your eyes, right? It's supposed to be from like sweat, right? Is it like know. a sweat catcher or? I, okay. So if, if people uh, rate and review us in Apple podcast uh, <laughs> for like, like, 20 more than 20 times one of us is going to shave their eyebrows <laughs> and we'll see what what purpose they actually serve we'll be like yeah. oh god I, now this thing no um uh let's see uh is it my turn I, eyebrows are eyebrows are, is a really good one i like ears i think ears are cool and with with the boys i like playing with their ears they don't, they don't like it so much but i'm but like like when i'm sitting next to them I ears like, well, ears are interesting because like why do why why are they like why are there so many folds and crevices when all <gasps> they they're really supposed to do is supposed to just like be a hole so you can hear things so i i actually uh, know a little bit about this um there's um uh there's some really interesting studies out there about how to determine the height of a sound. So like knowing if something is left or right, uh, like a sound occurs, you know that it's left or right because of which ear gets more of the sound. But how do you know, um, uh, like, uh, lateral or let, let's see. Um, mm, I, I don't have the right word up and down. How do you know where vertical? to look vertical how do you know where to look vertically and we all can do it like if you hear a bird you you, you know not to look straight up and you know not to look like at, on the ground you know generally where and, and you can actually spot a bird or a plane or whatever pretty pretty quickly planes are more difficult because there's the there's like the sound like travel time but uh something that's nearby that's above eyesight how do you know that it is at the height that it is and it's because of those folds it's because our brains calculate the bouncing to to to, der- to determine a direction and it's really really cool i like hmm. it's something that no one you know you don't think about but that's how because otherwise like for me stereo makes a lot of sense like you know it's to the right or to the left mm-hmm. but up and down like that's a and and, and how you
would figure that out. Like if you were to try and math that out, I'm sure it's a fucking nightmare. I did look up. This is an article from BBC Science Focus. Why we have eyebrows. And it is uh, (laughs) to keep rain and sweat out of our eyes. And we use our sight more than any other sense. And with no eyebrows, water can get in and seriously blur vision. It can also Mm. deflect debris and shield our eyes from the sun. But also eyebrows affect communication with facial expressions. It conveys meanings and emotions. Yeah. It's all about the nonverbal. Isn't isn't, isn't Spanish like 75% nonverbal communication? No, I don't know. I don't know. They, I mean, well, they said that in high school, back. like it's so uh, it's a, it's such an expressive language that you mm, you can get your point across with very little words. I know there's not a lot of, in German. There's not a lot of tense, like for like um, future tense, past tense. It's just like uh, I walk to store. Yeah, it's it's sort of factual. So I, I would imagine tense. that. Yeah, present tense. Um, uh, I, I would imagine that expression, you know, does a lot. Yeah. Intonation in a lot of Asian languages, intonation is a is a big one. Uh, uh, Matt, your favorite body part? This is the perfect time to plug my OnlyFans for my feet account. Nice. Um, no <laughs> feet are not feet are not my. Um, I would say either eyes or teeth. Um, yeah, like not, I I like looking at a like a good smile, and then. I just love, I also enjoy uh, like very vibrant eyes. I think the eyes, as cliche as it is, are the window to the soul. They tell a lot about a person. So, yeah. Uh, Speaking of teeth, I have a little memory to share. Um, Being that we went to high school together and uh, we knew each other when we started to all drink. Um, I have a fun memory, Matt, when he was drinking one of the, you know, in the early days of drinking, um, <coughs> he had had a few and in, he was trying to determine how uh, intoxicated he was and he, and he opened his mouth and he was flicking his teeth and he, and he said, I can't feel my teeth. I can't feel this, but he was like flicking them hard. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, Oh my God. And it made me like, it, it made, made my face hurt. I have a very distinct memory of that. I forgot about that, that until just now. That's probably a testament to how much I was drinking that night. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I do remember that being like, uh, I felt like my teeth went numb. So, yeah, yeah, that's what you said. No, good yeah. job, kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, so don't flick your teeth. Don't flick your um, teeth. All right, next question. Let's go with Jake. Um, what, if anything, do you collect? I collect. Um, I, I collect. Um, uh, I I'm, I don't know how to describe it. It's like stuff that you would find on a uh, photo or film shoot. Porno? So, n- no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not that. Um, Con- like, consent uh, waivers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Insurance forms. Mostly. Oh, hentai. You mentioned that earlier. <laughs> hentai, yeah. <laughs> tentacles. Anything sort of tentacly related. No, I've got like a bunch of... Um, uh, like camera equipment, cables. Oh, actually, that's something I, I I collect cables for some reason. My my office that you can't see, um, in my in my camera view, um, even though this is a podcast, 
I've, I've got ca- cables hanging everywhere. I finally did organize a bunch of them. Um, but I've got like, you know, like firewire cables. I've got, I've got very strange archaic, uh, groups of cables, but in addition to that, I've got a bunch of, uh, sound and, um, film and photography equipment about nice. Yes. Brandon, right. I think I know your answers, but yeah. Um, Funko pops. I mentioned that, uh, other things I, I do, I haven't really done it lately, but I, I do have a ton of Lego sets. Actually, I don't Ooh, nice. I, I have them in boxes, but, uh, so I guess Legos. Um, what's what's your biggest Lego set? Uh, my biggest one. It is either I have a. Um, I have a James Bond Aston Martin DB5 that is nice. pretty good size. And then I have a Statue of Liberty. Actually, that one might be the tall. It's a pretty tall. Oh yeah, it's maybe like one, yeah. a f- foot and a half tall. Um, other things, uh, I don't know. I have, uh, I don't even know if you can see, but on my wall, <laughs> I have a ton of like monster pictures oh, hanging on the yeah. wall. <laughs> nice. Um, you had a few of those in North Portland, right? I, yeah, just I don't know. I, I time? have a bunch of, uh, like old universal monster stuff. I, I, nice that, but anyway, um, I don't know. That'd be it. Nice. Matt? Matt, you? I feel like for me, um, I actually saw this, and I don't really subscribe to this kind of stuff, but uh, somebody put up a post about a horoscope and what it means about you. And (laughs) I saw mine, which I'm a Gemini, and I was like, holy shit, that's me. But it was a picture of their hand, and it was like reading your palm lines and stuff. (laughs) And it uh, off to one side, it said, um, enough hobbies to last more than a lifetime. And then off to one side, it said um, new passion every six months. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, that's totally me. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like I, I collect just one thing, but I have a lot of a little thing. So like, for example, I do play music, but not in a band. I'm a bedroom player or I play with headphones on, but I have seven guitars. Um, you know, I own a marketing agency that does photo video. So I have a lot of camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but it's like, I'm not into just one thing. Actually, actually, I do have uh, Prince as one of my favorite artists. So I, it did get to the point where I started I started um, collecting a few things myself. And people know how much I really uh, admire Prince. Uh, but I have, I, have, I have quite a bit. Everything ranging from uh, a Funko Pop to... Um, uh, a silhouette of Prince that is actually it's the whole lyrics to the purple rain album written out, but it it conglomerates to him. And then somebody came back from the Oregon coast and this is probably my most unique thing, but it's a painting on a piece of driftwood of Prince riding the motorcycle in purple rain. But ET is actually in the basket (laughs) uh, on the front basket. Oh, Uh, that's cool. Put a picture up, but I have a lot. I do have a lot of Prince things. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, my, uh, you kind of mentioned like collecting a bunch of disparate things. And I feel like, uh, uh, my wife does collecting in spurts. Like she's like really interested in 
one sort of thing for a while. Like um, this past Christmas, she was really interested in getting those, uh, you know, those ceramic Christmas trees with the like the light up and they have like the little plastic light bulbs on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. like she was really she has a bunch of those and she was really into like collecting a bunch of those. And so we have a bunch of those. And then like recently it's been owls, uh, like 70s owl stuff. So we've been getting a bunch of that owl stuff. <laughs> like if you look it up, like owl decor used to be super popular in the seventies. And so she's been, <laughs> I feel like oh, Chris, I, I feel like oh, Krisha yeah. should follow uh, Gary V if, if she doesn't, because he's like a, a perpetual hustler <laughs> and worth millions of dollars. But like his thing now, and it has been for the last few years is uh, garage sailing. And he'll just like go get things at garage sales. He's like, mugs you'd be surprised what people pay for mugs and he's like he's flipping mugs that he bought for a, a 25 cents for like 10 10 bucks so he's like making his hustle i think krisha would really be into that uh well i will to uh plug something we are oh, yeah she's got a new, have she's got a new gig have a table at uh there's a christmas bazaar thing i think it's De- december 3rd in eugene at the irving grange uh all of these things check out <laughs> to have a christmas bazaar at a, like an odd fellows hall or a grange yep 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 <laughs> probably ran uh, by a church to some degree there's gonna called, be there's uh, gonna be like bowls of chili and hot cider irving grange uh 10 11 irvington drive eugene oregon it's uh saturday december 3rd come see our table anyway what what uh <laughs> what will be at the table uh she has a bunch of different glassware um i think i might try selling some old beer stuff that i have um cool uh, this and that uh vintage this and that. trinkets nice. so look if you want any more guys, time you gotta dads, pay for advertising yeah yeah <laughs> this isn't free advertising this wall costs all right on that note lightning round is done turns into corporate ads lightning round over well thank you all for listening Uh, special thanks to grant and anonymous for this week's questions send your advice questions to qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials qualified underscore nonsense on instagram and tiktok or at human podcast on twitter don't forget to rate, review, share, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Music provided by Ace. We will see you back here next Wednesday for another brand new episode of Qualified Nonsense. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Adios. Adios. Adios.